Joining us today on Mentor Moments, we have Heather Service. The impact of mentoring on my career and on me as a person, I really can't tell you how invaluable that's been over the time that I've been in this field. Heather is part of the National Clearinghouse of Rehabilitation Training Materials. We are ready to go. Okay. Heather, thank you so much for joining us on Mentor Moments. We would first of all love to hear where you're calling us from um, and just a little short bio of your career. Thanks for having me, Dr. Keener and Brayton. I'm happy to be here. Uh, my name is Heather Service. I'm currently the project manager for the National Clearinghouse of Rehabilitation Training Materials. I'm recording from my home office in Tallahassee, Florida. Um, my career actually in rehabilitation counseling was one of those happy accidents. I didn't even know what a rehabilitation counselor was. And so when I got to campus at FSU for my freshman year, I was looking for things to do and ways to get involved. And I found this campus club called Best Buddies that pairs um, college students with like-aged peers that have disabilities in one-to-one -one friendships. And for me, I... I was in Best Buddies for about three and a half years, and my buddy, whose name was Matt, really just changed my life, like my friendship with him, and uh, he is still in my life to this day. And so through volunteering, one of my co-volunteers actually said, like, hey, I see you really, really love working with Best Buddies. I have a job that I just started working for a company that does habilitation and life skills for people with disabilities. You should apply. I was like, okay. So I kept volunteering, but I also started working for um, like a Medicaid waiver provider for my last two and a half years in college. And so I worked a lot with developmental disabilities and working on things like life skills and independent living skills. So that kind of got me through college. And then as soon as I graduated, I was actually training to be a biologist. And then I switched my major to history. And so I was actually prepared to go be a high school history teacher. And I was like, all right, this is going to be great. I just couldn't let it go. I just loved working with people with disabilities so much. And so I found a job working for a community rehabilitation provider as an employment specialist. And so I started doing all of the training that goes in with working with people with disabilities. So work, teaching work readiness classes and then doing the interview coaching, started going into job coaching. Um, eventually, I got promoted to team lead. I started to learn a lot more about vocational evaluation. And while I was actually doing the work for almost three to four years after I graduated college, that's when I really started to think I should really look at, you know, furthering my education. And so I went back to graduate school at West Virginia University for rehabilitation counseling. And so I continued to work full time while I went to school full time. And it was really through my graduate program that all of the things that I was doing started to come together. Oh my gosh, there's a name for this. There's a theory behind this. That's what this means. I'm already doing this. So cool. So it, for me, it was like the nice little bow that really, I feel like elevated my, my skills and experience and knowledge like another level because it really, it, I just can't describe it as another way as it brought it all together. It was like practical application tied with the theory and just real life. So I, I love that 
Um, eventually, I moved up and I managed the local office there, employment services, vocational evaluation, and um, worked there for about eight years. And it was such a great experience. And then I decided to go over to the state VR system and I became a vocational rehabilitation counselor for Florida VR. I worked there with a general caseload and I served both youth and adults. Uh, I worked in a really rural community and had to build relationships with the school districts there. And it was just such a great experience being able to work in that community. And really when you're working in a rural community as somebody who's coming in who doesn't know a lot, you really got to fully integrate. So I started to go in there and go to their community events and I would bring my kids down on the weekends to go to like the library. So they would start to see me as, as part of that community and get some of that buy-in from, from the people there. And that for me was just a really positive experience and seeing how much of an impact folk rehab can have in a rural community. When you look at the difference that the resources it brings to that town. Um, so I worked as a counselor for, almost two years before I made the jump to headquarters at Florida VR and I became the supervisor of what was a new unit at the time called the field and provider relations unit, which we lovingly nicknamed flipper. And what that, that unit and that team did, it was a relatively new unit, but it really blended my experience with working with community rehabilitation providers and working with vocational rehabilitation. So that unit focused on, training and technical assistance to community rehabilitation providers, and then also making sure that we were training our staff on those quality employment services and benchmarks. We also did on-site monitoring. And that, that position there focused so much on collaboration and relationship building between VRs and the providers and really enhancing that partnership so that we could have those, those relationships to build a really solid team to help the customers find jobs that they loved. And that, that for me was a really fun and exciting job. And it, it really made a pretty big difference, I feel like, for our uh, provider liaisons, which is the person and the, the team that we supervise there, and just the relationships that, that VR has with our, our provider partners. Because in Florida VR, we rely heavily on employment service providers to help us with all of our employment services and training. And my last role at Florida VR was at, as the Assistant Chief of Field Services. And so I oversaw all of our programming for state VR, including like business relations, deaf and hard of hearing, all of our learning and development, ticket to work and employment programs. So with those, those types of positions, we, we spend a lot of time looking at programs, evaluating programs, creating and building programs, creating training. I, I think so far a hallmark of all of it was really just collaboration. There was always this whole realm of collaboration, whether it's with the customer, with businesses, with community, like that, that's the common thread, I think, for every position that I've ever had has been having to collaborate. And then my last role, which is where I'm at now, I work on the National Clearinghouse for Rehabilitation training materials, and that's done through a contract with New Additions. So I am actually an employee of New Additions Consulting, um, and we are a contractor for the NCRTM through RSA, the Rehabilitation Services Administration. And what we do is we really serve to collaborate and we share information and training that's produced by technical assistance centers, RSA projects and other grantees to get this information out into the hands of individuals with disabilities and to VR professionals who are out there serving people with disabilities. Um, 
So it's a really great opportunity to partner with RSA, to partner with stakeholders, to build really great content, to keep driving forward um, competitive integrated employment and all of the, the best practices and skills and services that it takes to help people with disabilities find jobs. Wow, I mean, there's yeah. just so so much there. I, I mean, we, we could do like five episodes with you there, just on the different varied roles. I mean, you are, I mean, you would be such a great example to teach like every foundations course, right? And this is what you can do with the degree, and this is how you can develop your career, and and and, and again, that's through that whole description. You know, I I saw you know the passion and dedication you you have for the the profession and working with people with with disabilities. To be, you know, to find employment, to, to maintain employment, to be fully integrated, inclusion. Uh, that's just wow. I can I can think of so many students who would relate to your story of of how it just happens, how it was complete accident. I mean, but but how all the pieces just come together. Um, that that idea of planned happenstance. Um, just. I, I really I mean that the same thing happened th uh, to me. We have a best buddies chapter here at Maryville University. So I was in best buddies as well. So I, I relate to your story just as much. Um, that is, I am so, yeah, so many, so many places you've been and fields that you've been in. That's, that's really, really, really amazing. Yeah. Uh, and I, I love best buddies and I, I do just love this field and how there's so many different ways that you can take it. There's so many different things you can do. It's funny when you think about rehabilitation counseling and it, it can be so broad, but it can also be so incredibly specialized. And I just, I just love that about the field. I am, I also am a part-time adjunct instructor at WVU now. I, I teach intro to rehabilitation client services. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> so yeah, um, I, I've not been doing it that long, but I really do love it. And I think, you know, for me being able to give back to that program because it it really did change my career trajectory and just it brought and ignited this passion that I, I already had, but it really just helped build it. Um, so to be part of that is, is really fun. And I love getting to shape new counselors and especially thinking about translating what I wish I knew when I was a new counselor. I mean, there are so many things and tips and resources that I look back now, I'm like, man, if I would have known about that when I was a counselor, it would have made a huge difference. And and CRTM, the clearinghouse is one of those. But I didn't find that until I was a manager at headquarters. And I think about as a counselor, how much my work would have been enhanced had I known about all of the training options that were available and best practices that we share. There's guides and toolkits to really help inform our work. Um, that So if, if you're a new counselor or a student, highly encourage you to check out NCRTM because there's a lot of good resources out there that can help you either learn something new or expand your knowledge on a topic that you might be interested in. Yeah, we'll definitely put a link mm -hmm. in the in the description for the the podcast so every all the listeners can can uh, access the the clearinghouse. So what is something that is sort of unique or maybe people don't really know about you that but it also helps you in your job? What's that other piece? The other piece for me that people probably don't know is that I am a super early riser and I've been that way for years. And so for me, when I was in grad school, I would wake up at 3.30 and I would begin my schoolwork by 4 a.m. And I would do all of my grad school work between 4 and 8, right before work, because I work best in the morning. If I am tired, 
it's it's not my best and I'm a big believer in giving something my best and um, so for me I started that years and years ago and I've kept up through it through that and so I would get up and I would do the coursework or I did my CRC prep I also uh, got my PMP which is project management professional um, and I studied all of that 4am now I still get up at 4am but I spend that time doing journaling I journal a lot because it helps me really see am I are my actions and my behaviors aligning with my values where am I growing? Where are my challenges? How can I keep improving myself? I'm also a huge reader. So I spend a lot of time in my mornings reading things that help me grow or help me develop better self-awareness because I think that one of the, the greatest advances I've made as a pro professional is really growing that sense of self-awareness. So really seeing where, where are the opportunities to grow through challenge um, because if I can't learn something from it or I can't grow from it, that's that's where the good out of a bad experience comes for me. And so getting up early and having that for me now, I've, I'm a mom too. And so I get if I get up at four, I have about two and a half hours to myself in the morning before the kids get up. And so that carving out that time, it's it's not only does it help me be more intentional? It helps me be better organized. It helps me be more calm. It helps me prepare for the day. Um, I just find myself having a lot more patience. And it also just gives you room to think. You have all this like glorification of being busy and doing things all the time. But I don't think I work at my best when I'm busy all the time. I've got to have space and I have to have think time I'm doing the air quotes. If I don't have think time, I, I've got to have that outlet for my brain and, and the early time and the journaling and the reading really helps me stay focused and be a better, a better employee, a better mom, better friend. I love that. Having that time to slow things down is so important. And it's not, like you said, it's not really emphasized too much. We are very much in a, in a hustle culture. If you work very hard, then, you know, you'll accomplish things, but I, we can see already how that time for you is so beneficial. Yeah, and I would love for, I guess, our students to hear that mm -hmm. as well, that that if what works, let's do more of it. And then just because you're done with school doesn't mean you stop sort of learning and, and using that time to, to, as you're saying, to uh, improve as a as a professional. Yeah. So tell tell us what what are like some great things about the clearinghouse? You know what? You know, I guess students, early career, mid-career, late career people, what, you know, what, what are those great things that they need to know? Yeah, so like I mentioned a little bit before, the Clearinghouse is a resource I wish I would have known about as a student and early in my career because when you think of the National Clearinghouse of Rehabilitation training materials, a lot of people think of our library. We have a very, very comprehensive library. We've got over 3,500 records of all things that are rehabilitation counseling related. So. There's a variety of topical areas that we've been filtered by audience, but we have so many materials available in there that can help you. And when I say library, most people are like books and it's, we do have documents and we have articles, but we also have videos. We have podcast references in there. So there's a variety of not just materials, but different media in which you can access those materials to help you grow. We also have a lot of really great events that we feature from our partners. So for those of you who are about to graduate and get to become CRCs, everybody can tell you that maintaining it takes some work, 
So you will need to get those CRC continuing education credits. And so many of the events that are featured through NCRTM offer those credits. Um, you can go on there and you can look and we have live events that are going to be upcoming. And then there's also a variety of on-demand events that you can take at your convenience that usually in the description, if there's a CRC credit, you can find it on there so that you could know that it, if you can spend an hour, you'll get a, you'll get a credit. So that's definitely a draw. There's a couple other things that are really hot items. Um, accessibility resources. The Clearinghouse has many, many guides available to help make materials accessible. So if you're new, which for me, even being a rehabilitation counselor, digital accessibility and document accessibility was not something that I had really had to do a lot. And so there's checklists on there and the the videos that we have, their video tutorials on how to make PowerPoints, Excel, Word documents, and PDFs accessible, because those are the most common types of accessibility remediations that folks ask about. So I highly recommend you check out those videos if it's something that you're interested in or want to learn more about, uh, because they're a really great resource. And then also, when you think of NCRTM, we have a Twitter. So you can check us out on Twitter. We have a YouTube channel where we have lots of accessibility videos. We link to other YouTube. So there's a lot of other rehabilitation counseling applicable resources. We have a newsletter. So you can always log on to the NCRTM and subscribe to the newsletter. It comes out once a month. And we always feature events, new updates from, from RSA. We have a lot of different feature articles depending on if it's a uh, awareness month like this month is traumatic and traumatic brain injury awareness month and so there'll be features on that um, and then NCRTM also has a presence on the VR Workforce Studios podcast which is a one uh, once a month podcast and we do a small segment where we share resources and information at the end for users so you know you can check us out in a lot of different places. I know I submitted some syllabi way back in the day and also used it to look at other syllabi from from that education perspective as well. And I get the newsletter mm -hmm. and, and whatnot. And, you know, Brayton just passed the CRC exam, yeah. so I know he'll be <laughs> headed there to uh, to look at those continuing education uh, opportunities. Mm -hmm. Exciting. Yeah, you'll definitely want to check those out. Yeah, for sure. Um, Curious about professional organizations. What are you a part of? Why would why join a professional organization? Um, and what is that experience? What have those experiences been like for you? Yeah, I've been a member of several professional organizations, and one of the ones that I'm a part of, um, I have my CPM certification, which is Certified Public Manager, and we have a local CPM chapter here in Tallahassee, and. <laughs> The friendships that I've made through that, and I think people are probably like, how do you make friendships through a professional organization? But it's people that just get you because they're in the same position as you. And this, in this case, it was a leadership-based um, professional organization, and it's it's there, and they have they have ways to be able to consult with you and bounce ideas back and forth. They can encourage you. Um, there was a group of us that really bonded through this organization, and we've we've done book clubs together, we've gone on trips together. We've done these activities where, you know, we've challenged each other. So we've had um, one of the members was a little bit fearful of heights. And so we went on this like mountain hike to like push <laughs> ourselves and challenge each other and, and to build trust. And it was just absolutely life changing. We've done vision boards together so we could like realize where we wanted to grow as professionals. And so for me, 
not only do you get the benefits of like the learning experiences that are continued to be offered through professional organizations, but it's the friendship and the connections for me that have been really, really life-changing because those folks, even though we've only been connected for a little over three years, have quickly become not only some of my closest friends, but I would say some of the most authentic friendships that I have where you can really be yourself and not have that kind of fear of judgment or, um, you know, just that reluctance to share yourself where you may have in other, in other situations. So I highly encourage you to join professional organizations and make the most of those connections, not just because it can help you in your career, but just the way that your life will be enriched from the friendships mm -hmm. if you're, you're willing to invest the time in them. Yeah, I would echo that. I, I know with the Missouri Rehab Association Eastern chapter, there there's several of us that have been on the on the board for ten plus years. And again, that like you're saying, that 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 friendship that develops is, is definitely what keeps us um, going. Yeah, I love that it goes so much further than networking because networking can only go so far. I feel sometimes I feel like networking is like the professional way of like making friends, but not really friends. Like I, I appreciate how you're just like, yeah, you can make friends through this. And I, I, I think that I don't know. That's something that people don't usually think about. I think for sometimes. Well, and I think for me, it's like you know, the older that I get, the more things I have on my plate, not just from work but family responsibilities increase. It's like where do you meet people you know right. <laughs> so for me that's a great place to meet somebody with a common interest yeah <laughs> all right heather this is the moment our listeners are waiting for we're turning the mic over to you what what is your mentor moment this is probably going to sound really cheesy because you know the podcast title is mentor moments but for me I highly encourage you to find a mentor because for me I am like a collector of mentors I seek them out. I want to learn who is the best at doing what they do. And I do not hesitate to be like, I like you. Can you, can you be my mentor? And, and I've never had someone turn me down, you know, and I, it's like, I've had mentors from early in my career that I still go back to and ask questions and bounce ideas off of. And I have more than one mentor, depending on what I need to grow in or what I need help with. And so over the years, I have a leadership mentor. I have a rehabilitation counselor mentor. If I need to look at a case, like that's who I'm going to go talk to. If I have a, you know, managing or coaching issue, I'm going to talk to that mentor. And so really knowing that you can find a mentor at any point in your career, whether you're a new student and you're looking to have somebody that can introduce you to your job or the field, or the more seasons you get, there's always somebody that will be willing to extend a hand to help you grow and to help you learn. And I think when you say mentor, you have to be ready to pick a mentor that's going to push you and challenge you and call you out when you need to be called out because it's mentoring is good and it helps you grow, but it's not all the lovey hugs and sunshine. Like I want somebody who's gonna call me out and challenge me and challenge my perceptions and what I think so that I can get better. Um, and so for me that the, the impact of mentoring on my career and on me as a person, I really can't tell you how invaluable that's been over the time that I've been in this field. Um, and my other mentor moment would be to really to always go in looking for what you can learn, whether it's like a difficult situation or whether you're put on a project, always try to figure out what you can learn 
there's a quote that I love that it's impossible to begin to learn which which one already thinks they know. So if you go in thinking you know everything or like, I've already heard this, I already know this, you're not gonna learn anything new. So I always try to go in with an open mind. I'm, I'm that annoying person that asks why every time. Why, why, why? Um, so that I can really go in and go in with an open mind and always try to learn something new. Yeah, I love that. The, the, those those themes of lifelong learning, uh, of mentorship, those those have been very consistent. I, I love that. Heather, we want to thank you uh, for being an outstanding guest. I'm, I'm so excited to get this episode published so others can benefit from it. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. So, Brayden, what did you think of Heather's interview? Yeah, um... She has been all over <laughs> doing so many different things. Um, but I can only imagine the amount of in like the amount of experience and information that she has gathered over that time. It's just awesome. Yeah, what a great example. I mean, she is I mean, she is a representation of a clearinghouse. She's all about collaborating collaborating and developing and connecting. Um, it was flattering that she's already shared mentor moments with her <laughs> students. That's, that's awesome. That must have been the, the uptick in West Virginia students, right? Uh, I'm glad that so. she mentioned um, that emphasis on collaboration and being part of the community. Um, just what a big piece that represents. But it's so overlooked so often is like, you know, if you want to work for your community and serve the community, you got to be a part of it. And I appreciate that she's she's gone the extra step to, to do those things. I, I love that. Right. And just the idea of you're never too old to have a mentor, to use a mentor, and then in different life phases as well. Yeah, I because <laughs> I whenever she was saying that, I was like, you could, I mean, you're, you're, you're being a mentor right now. Like I, I, for some reason, I never think like, oh, well, of course, that's a, the same way how, you know, through lifelong learning, you're always going to be seeking those that um, have seen a thing or two and have experienced, you know, what you're experiencing and um, have resources that they can provide. Heather, we just want to thank you again for being a positive influence in the rehabilitation counseling community. So if you're listening to this, that means that you're listening to Mentor Moments. That means that you're probably listening on either Spotify or Apple Music, or maybe you're listening some other way. Uh, we just want to recommend that you continue to listen. Uh, tune into some of our previous episodes um, and stay tuned. Subscribe to us um, because we'll have plenty more episodes coming your way as well. In addition to the podcast, we have two other ways for you to stay connected with the Missouri Rehabilitation Association Eastern Chapter and Maryville University's Rehabilitation Counseling Program. We are proud to announce the creation of a YouTube channel and a blog. Both the blog and the YouTube channel will have all things related to the Missouri Rehab Association Eastern Chapter and Maryville University's Rehabilitation Counseling Program. Check us out.